0: Welcome to My Dad's podcast, My Blackest Change National, Season 3. You can find us on anywhere you like to listen to good podcasts.
1: Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye.
0: to Another episode of my Black is Transnational. I am your host, Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts, and coming up on today's episode, I will be having a conversation with uh, Ms. Vanessa Adebayo, who is the president and founder of Africa's Mental Health Matters. We will be talking about her experience and um, finding this organization and what inspired it. We'll also be talking about issues related to African immigrants, um, Africans in the in the in the diaspora and why mental health is very important and why it is you know very crucial for us to be able to address our mental health in addition to other areas of our health and wellness so we get into a very healthy conversation about why Africa's mental health matters and what her organization is doing as far as bringing and spreading awareness about ways to be able to overcome certain stigmas related to mental health in the African community and how we can continue to find ways to address mental health in a way that's culturally respective and culturally competent uh, to our communities. Okay, but before we get into that, let's go through our formalities. If this is your first time listening to My Black is Transnational, you can find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps, whether it's Google, Spotify, Apple, uh, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to good podcasts, you can find this podcast here. Ask that you subscribe Uh, to this podcast if you like what you hear and we also ask that you rate and review the podcast your feedback is very important to us uh, as we take it into consideration when we try to put together the content so that it is something that you can digest and is comprehensible for you. Um, you can follow this podcast on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast. You can follow me, the host, on Instagram at Black Transnational underscore. We're also on Facebook at Black Transnational Podcast. Um, and we also have a website, uh, www. Black slash podcast. If you want to learn more about just the entire podcast and our mission and, and what we're doing. And if you want to know about past guests and you want to get in touch with them and know what they've done from season one and season two, that is where you would find that information. So yeah, that's how you reach out to us. Oh wait, let me forget. Let me not forget. <laughs> Uh, you can also email us at blacktransnational17 at gmail.com if you prefer to use email instead of the Instagram direct message feature. All right. So, again, our guest for today is Miss Vanessa Adebayo, who is the founder of Africa's Mental Health Matters. And she, um, well, what I realized about this organization was I saw it um, maybe like a year or so ago. And it was an up-and-coming organization, and they were putting in a lot of work about issues related to mental health. And anyone who knows me knows that I've done a couple episodes on this podcast that really stresses mental health and why mental health is a very overlooked aspect in the Black community. Mental health overall is one of the more underfunded areas of health in the United States, and actually in the entire world. No one really focuses on mental health because sometimes when we talk about illnesses and when we talk about sickness, we always look for things that we can see. Like we always look for symptoms in which that are very easy to detect. And we don't necessarily think about all the things that are festering. Another issue with mental health is that we tend to think that unless something is wrong, that's only when we can address it. And the truth of the matter is that when things are good, it's still important for you to look for counseling and get therapy and work with someone who can continue to help build and strengthen your mental wellness, health and wellness. So we talk about the variety of issues that are present and what ways that her and her organization are working towards addressing mental health. It's a very fun conversation. Truly enjoyed it. It's a very needed conversation. I think with everything that's going on right now across the world, not just in America, but also in Africa, I mean, it's been a very, very rough year. I was going to say a couple of weeks in particular, but it's been a rough year overall for us. So our mental health is truly um, at stake, especially for a lot of us dealing with the pandemic. Some people are isolated and quarantined and away from family who are in need of Connection and interaction, you know, uh, for those who live in areas where winter is a very um, is a long-lasting season compared to other places, I mean, seasonal depression is on the horizon. So, I mean, there are so many things that can play a role and impact our mental health, uh, positively and negatively. So we have to be able to continue to have conversations. In the Black community, we have to continue to uh, defeat and overcome particular stigmas and barriers that are placed on us regarding our mental health. We have to continue to address and overcome the stigmas that we place on ourselves that limit us from seeking mental health. We cannot be scared to ha- ask for help. People are, are talented and gifted and have the ability to be able to, to help us unlock things inside of us um, emotionally and even mentally that we never knew that can help us improve the level of our mental health. So we have to continue to strive and invest in ourselves, not just physically and emotionally, but also mentally. So uh, I think this is a good time for for us to have this conversation. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Ms. Vanessa Arribaio. Enjoy. (music) Hello everyone, welcome to My Black is Transnational, and for today's show we have on a special guest who will be talking about an issue that I think is very, very important that goes very, very under the radar, or I should say very under-discussed in the African community, which is mental health. And so we have on today here Miss Vanessa Adebayo, who is the founder of an initiative that started not too long ago, maybe a couple years back, if, if I'm correct, um, called Africa's Mental Health Matters, which I think is on the up and up. It caught my eye and um, a mutual friend of ours, I, I was like, I have to get somebody to talk more about this because this thing right here is it. So for me, this is an honor and a pleasure to be able to have on the show, Miss Vanessa Adebayos. Thank you for taking the time to join me on the show. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you thank you thank you so much for inviting me. um it's a privilege and honor to be with you and I'm really excited about the conversation
0: um, today yes, yes, likewise and um just to take a quick couple minutes if you'd like to share with our our listeners just about who you are, what's your background, where you represent, and just you know how do you, what are you currently up to and how did you go about this?
1: um uh, well, Oh, my name is Vanessa DeBio, like you said, um, I have a background in global public health. I, um, for a majority of my life that I was a physical therapist, Mm. and then things kind of changed for me um, through an experience in South Africa when I graduated I, from my undergraduate degree, which was in exercise health science, I decided to go to South Africa to work with kids um, who are differently abled. And through that experience, I realized that um, although I had a, a very strong passion for physical therapy, um, there was a, a larger issue amongst the demographic that I was working with, um, which was Access and knowledge to healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, the demographic in which I was working with just didn't have the resources based on um, their geographical location. And for me, I really wanted to understand why, and you know, I wanted to be able to understand how to bridge that gap and um, make sure that everyone, uh, regardless of their location or socioeconomic status, um, has the proper access and resources to healthcare. And mm-hmm. so, um, I applied for a master's in public health. And I ended up getting into NYU University, and um, to my surprise, I, I was actually offered a program in which I was given an opportunity to study um, in three locations. So it started off in Washington D.C., mm-hmm. um, Ghana, and then Abu Dhabi. Wow. And so um, you know, it was a very unique uh, academic program in which it was me and about nine or ten other students, in which you know we were all from different. Geographical locations, backgrounds, religions, beliefs—you know—so all of us being kind of, you know, forced to go into this um, program together definitely um, was very. Um, it was it was a life changing experience, and through that experience, um, specifically in Ghana, I was able to um, fall into um, the mental health space um, by just taking a social behavioral class at the University of Ghana and then being, being given an opportunity to actually go to a local psych hospital. And for me, the biggest thing that stood out during that experience was the lack of resources, the neglect, and of course the stigma associated to mental health. And I mean, I, I tell people this story all the time, but you know, for me, I think what triggered... Um, my experience there was, you know, the fact that we had come into contact with the 70-year-old woman mm. who was in the geriatric ward, and um, she just started profusely crying when she saw my classmates and I, and it was simply because no one had come to visit her in about 20 years—not wow. a family friend, not a not a church member, um, not a family member. Wow. Um, and, and I'm sure, you know, for many for many people um they can't relate you know so it was it was mind-blowing how um someone's mother someone's aunt someone's friend someone's family member could be left alone simply because of a mental illness you know and abandoned and so there's so much obviously um we can get into it as the conversation continues there's so much as to why um infrastructural system the mental health system is um is set up the way it is especially on the continent but for me i wanted to know like what can we do um to make sure that people even just begin talking about it and so i've focused my master's thesis on the effectiveness of social marketing campaigns Mm -hmm. to improve attitudes and behaviors um towards mental illness and um i want to say the rest is history you know I, i i actually you know um presented my master's thesis to a board and the only question I received was, you know, are you going to implement this? Mm. Um, and my my response to them was, oh, you know, maybe, but in the back of my head, um, I was like, heck no, you know, mm. like there's no way. I'm I'm from the diaspora. Number one, I don't live on the continent. Number two, what finances, what resources am I going to be able to implement a social marketing campaign regarding mental health? And three, I just didn't think I was capable. Who's gonna Who's gonna listen to me? You know, who am mm. I? And, um, you know, I went forward to get a job in, in which I was going to be working for Save the Children and Abidjan working on health behavior change on um, the malaria program. And as I was relocating to a French-speaking country in which I'd never lived before, I think that's kind of when this idea o- o- awakened in me because I believed that um, there was a greater purpose for me. You know, for me, I just, I've always felt that whatever i do i want to be passionate about and of course a nine-to-five job is always ideal financially for you to be able to sustain yourself but i wanted to do something outside of this that would bring joy to my heart and allow me to be able to give back to people and really that's when i decided to kind of go forward um on my journey to implement this and it it, call, it kind of started with a call to a therapist on ground in Accra, Ghana. And I asked her, I said, you know, you don't know me. I saw your page on Instagram. Um, but I, this is kind of what I want to implement. Like, do you think this is feasible? And, I mean, her doc, Her name is Dr. Carol Matthews. And mm-hmm. I always tell her to this day that she was so um, pivotal in me starting it. But she told me, she said, Vanessa, um, this is not what only Ghana needs. This is what Africa needs. Mm-hmm. Um, do it. Mm-hmm. This is what we need. So... Yeah, it's kind of the story. And since then, I mean, the, it's it's grown tremendously. And I'm, I'm sure once again that we, we can get into it as, as the conversation continues.
0: Absolutely. And I just have to say that's very inspiring. I mean, just you just sharing a brief testimony about your, your experience and, and your growth. And I know that a lot of our listeners will be able to appreciate that in knowing that. I mean, there's something special about being able to talk about the things that you are passionate about and knowing the things that, that bring you joy you know, and being able to make a difference, um, not just a nine to five thing, but just being able to do something that feels very fulfilling and you can talk about it for lengths and days on end because it means so much to you. And I can, I can feel that just even talking to you on the phone that this means a lot to you. So I definitely appreciate that. And I'm, and I think, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll talk more about it. So when did exactly was Africa's, uh, mental health, when did it start officially?
1: Um, officially, it started twenty eighteen. Okay, yeah. So I would say June twenty eighteen is when um, I put pen to paper and decided to go for
0: it. And it's grown tremendously. I mean, you're talking about. And I figured I was like it was a couple years. I remember being exposed to it, but wow. I mean, even now, like you all have done so much, right? Like you all have. I think you all have had a conference, and you yeah. all have had. You know, you all have doing some different projects in Accra and Nigeria, and so. Like when when it comes down to just this, the the entire organization and how you are kind of moving forward with it. So like mm-hmm. w- you know, mental health isn't something that people talk about a lot in Africa, right? Like so Completely. so what? I mean, you mentioned the lady, you know the the lady, uh, the senior lady in the in, who's who didn't get visited at all, right? And we talk about isolation, and and isolation is a huge factor in when it comes to people dying earlier than they need to and you're talking about a country you know a country like ghana and africa that culturally relies and takes pride in being very interdependent and being Completely. you know everybody is involved in everybody takes a village all this whole thing but to see something like that oh, a 70 year old woman who lives in a country that prides itself on being interdependent not be visited for 20 years that is that is amazing and incredible and not in a positive way but it just is it's eye-opening to show that what that can do to someone and imagine how many others that are out there that don't get that attention so it you know it's it's incredible but um so were you born in the states or were you born in africa
1: i was born in the states i was born in the states um you know people my parents always joke around like where did you where did you get this from like Mm. you were born here you know and I would say like a part of me, you know, side, sidetrack, it was, mm-hmm. um, a part of me didn't even, I struggled. I wouldn't even lie. I struggled with my identity for, for such a long time, because although I came from uh, an African household, a Nigerian household, my parents were also, um, very much, you know, um, they were traditional in some ways, but very much, um, untraditional in others. You know, mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a space where, um, I didn't really know. I have never actually been to Nigeria until I was probably 16. Mm -hmm. And um, my first experience, you know, was was great. But it was, you know, I didn't actually had I not gone to South Africa, I don't know when and if I would have gone back again, Mm. you know, Um, but I always just had this desire to know more about my family about my culture and of course um i think i got that experience through going to Niger- a predominantly nigerian church mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and so for them that's probably why my parents you know they're like oh yeah you're nigerian you know we eat nigerian food at home you go to nigerian church. Right. You, you you've you already experienced um what it feels like to be in africa already you, yeah. you you've got it you yeah. know but there was so much more um and because of my interests and because of the, my heart i think naturally um I just always really gravitated towards the continent. Um, I just didn't know how and when I would actually finally get an opportunity to be there. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I mean, I, and even in your description, you describe I think something that's very familiar to a lot of us who you know grew up here in the states, but had that Nigerian experience through our families in in the Americanized version, but still the Eba and the Afo is still there, and and all the other things that still really tightly identify with our African roots, kind of give us that connection. But there's still nothing like actually going there and seeing it and and connecting with those people. So what was the overall response? Like when you launched this, so this um, initiative, how what was the initial response by Africans or people who um, identified with you or identified from this from these different countries? What was the response to Africa's Mental Health Matters?
1: Um, in terms of the people actually based on ground? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, um, it was easy to start in Ghana, right? Because I had lived in Ghana previously for at least five to six months. Right. So during that time, I created a network of um, classmates, of friends, of people that I just could easily reach out to. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one thing I did really well while I was in Ghana was taking the opportunity to really put myself out there and meet people um, outside of my cohort and outside of my classroom. And just being connected to people um, outside, I was able to, you know, develop a relationship where I could call people and and let them know what I was trying to do and achieve. And Um, I think for the most part, people were, I remember people being responsive, people um, recommending that I speak to, you know, one person or another, or putting me in contact um, via someone, you know, via email, uh, with someone via email, or, you know, giving me a number of someone to call, and so the people that I knew um, that were on ground were very, very um, responsive, Mm -hmm. they were encouraging, the people that I didn't even know, um, like Dr. Carroll, who I just, you know ran um you know stumbled upon her page on instagram like she was like go for it you know this is what we need um and and so it, it it gave me the fire i guess that i needed to actually continue um even when things were hard
0: okay so now as far as those are like for the people that are on ground like helping out now what about the people who were being exposed to this and receiving or being part of the programs being recruited to participate like what was the response from community members whether it was in Africa whether it was here in America wherever you have ambassadors at what has been the response to it by like those who need it or those who want to talk about it do people want to talk about it do people just look at it and say this is not something we talk about we just do our thing we live our life like what has that been like
1: Like, um, that's a good question. I think, you know, starting off, if I look back to the first year, Mm -hmm. um, of trying to, so what I envisioned for Africa's mental health was a community, a space of collaboration. I realized that, um, as someone coming from the diaspora, I, I don't know it all. Right. And I can't tell anyone's story better than they can tell it for themselves. And so for me, what I envisioned was, a place where everybody's welcomed, right? Mm -hmm. Because we don't, we have this space of what mental health looks like or what mental illness looks like, sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, we all have mental health, right? Every single one of us, regardless of demographic, race, ethnicity, whatever, you know? So I wanted it to really um, entail stakeholders, young adults, youth, parents, whoever, really. um, I wanted it to be a diverse um, space. And I think that's, for me, what I look for in panels. I don't want it to just be therapists or psychiatrists. I, don't, I want it to be influencers. I want it to be stakeholders. I want it to be young adults. I want it to be students. I want it to be um, um, government and policy makers. I want it to really embody uh, everybody so that everyone can have a, a space to share their own perspective and their own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think Um, initially, yeah, reaching out to people, there were some people who were reluctant. They, they'd mentioned they never had a space or an opportunity to share their story and their journey on mental health. And so I think it was maybe a a little nerve wracking for them to just be in a space where they knew they would be sharing it publicly with people, Mm. um, but I think for the first year, when I looked back at the conference, it was it was like a group therapy session. Like, I mean, it was a conference and there were people, you know, uh, there were tons of people in the room. We had about maybe about 200 participants. But there was something about this space that allowed people to be so free and f- mm. so open about their experiences. I mean, there were people who I didn't even engage. You know, I didn't. I, there were people, half the people there I didn't even know. But they were so free and open because of the setting that or the environment that we created to just be open to sharing the things that they've chat, tra- the challenges that they've experienced and the barriers that they've had to um, being able to seek into healthcare. care.
0: Yeah. So like and I think that's that's very important, especially when you're able to create a space of confidentiality where people can feel open and they can be able to feel trusting of the people that are there, that they can feel safe. So that's Completely. very important, very very important, and and I think when it comes to uh you know when I'm thinking about the, the conference, I, w- I want to know what did you learn? I know I know you you all had your initial conference in was it in Lagos or was it?
1: No, in... the initial conference was the first conference was in 2018
0: in Accra. In Accra, okay. And then
1: the second conference was in Nigeria. Yeah.
0: Okay, so these two past conferences that have occurred, what? have you learned just on a, just from a, you know, a passing or maybe even just from an observation standpoint, but like, what have you learned is a very common cause of mental, just mental unwellness for Africans. What do you think has been a common, do you see, have you noticed a common denominator or is it a variety of things? Because you did bring up a point that mental health is something that we have this perception of what mental health is, and it's not that. I mean, we all have to be able to practice proper, healthy mental health, um, mental health practices, and we we don't look at it like that. Unless you're something, unless you have something uh, that is vastly or very visible, they don't consider it a mental illness, and that's something that we're trying to overcome. But in your case, I just want to know from your experience, what have you noticed or observed during these past two conferences or these conversations that you've had with community members?
1: That's an excellent question i think um you know what it comes down to we 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 have a very strong culture especially Mm -hmm. in west africa not even in west africa but i think just the whole continent as a whole and it's you know you're going through something hush hush Mm -hmm. don't tell anybody Mm -hmm. um shame right and rightfully so because you know when you you're in such a strong culture and you are subject to being the conversation amongst people, or being judged, or being ridiculed, it does not make you, it doesn't create an environment where people feel like they can really be honest and forthcoming about the difficulties or the challenges they may be going through. And so, um, a lot of the time, you see, um, life experiences in itself, right? Just, if we, if we just take this year just alone, Mm, COVID-19 period, it's enough for people to be affected, right? Um, And, and it's, 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 a unique situation we're in right now because everybody's in the same situation. Right. But the fact of the matter is, um, on a year to year, day to day, um, week to week basis, people are going through life, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a loss of someone that they love, whether it's a, you know, a diagnosis, whether it's finances, whether it's, um, you know, jobs, whatever it is, life is constantly affecting us. And so when you have it, um, when you have situations where you're not being really coming to terms with it and you're not really addressing it and say maybe culture and religious beliefs um, you know are are telling you to just either pray about it or keep it hush right, hush right it's not allowing people to really come to terms with what it is that they're dealing with and i think in return it, it's then bringing anxiety it's then bringing depression it's then bringing um trauma and these are all things that people are going through, you know, all over the world. But the issue here is that then there there comes down to the space in which they have the room to actually address it, um, and feeling like there's a secure place and, like you said, confidential space where their issues will then not be um, brought up in in a public space. Mm. Um, So yeah, I think culture and religious beliefs definitely play a a role in it. And of course, I will be the first to say that um, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, you know, I Mm. have a, a, a strong relationship with God and I believe so much in prayer because it is so vital and pertinent. However, I do believe that as Christians, um, especially within the church, we have to understand that prayer in addition to therapy, prayer in addition to seeking counsel outside um, is so important for us to be able to move forward um especially as as within the african culture and demographic
0: absolutely and you know what you're you're so good because you answered my question i was going to follow up with the questions like you anticipated what i was going to say because i was going to ask you about religion right because i think religion plays a major role at the end of the day when it's all said we pray on it and we cover ourselves with the blood and then that's it right and and i think you know as you mentioned as a christian as a believer Or even whatever faith that people believe in, even if it's in in Islam. But I, I also agree with the notion that God has blessed us with many gifts. And God has blessed us to have some people in this life that are gifted in being able to help us with our mental health. So they are part of this world they are god's children too there are many therapists and many psychiatrists and psychologists that are christians right so they are blessed and talented and and gifted by god to be able to help us and it's important for us to seek that help so we shouldn't shy away from it so i I completely agree with that idea so then i'm just going to shift to the next thing which is what has been in, in as far as what you've experienced with your community engagement efforts and um and your, and your conferences and other uh, plans that you have in the future, has it been a lot more women or has it been a lot more men or those who identify as, you know, either or maybe non-binary? But so far, for the sake of just the conversation, has it been more women or men that have uh, been participating in this uh, with, with Africa's Mental Health Matters?
1: So, yeah, I think women gravitate towards the initiative more. Um, rightfully so because I think with us women in general especially in the African context we are more um, forthcoming I think a little bit about what we're going through mm-hmm. and um, we're also more willing to share um but I do think I mean for my like in, in regards to my team and the people that um, essentially come on board we, we do have men right we do have men who have stepped up to play as mental health um, professionals and advocates. Um, but yeah, I, I think men tend to um, internalize things a little bit more. And mm-hmm. they're not always so open to sharing, mm-hmm. because they think that sharing may be considered a weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what I particularly like to do is um, give men a platform. So I know for our first conference, we had about four different men, male pal, male panelists. And I did that on purpose because I really wanted um, other men, especially in the audience, to understand that mental health does not have um, a gender, right? Like we all go through things and we may all internalize things differently, but at the end of the day, um, it it can and will have an effect on us um, no matter what. And and, um, I had four male panelists from our last conference and I did that on purpose because I really wanted people to understand that you know, regardless of gender, people go through things, right? Right. And these are men coming forth, um, encouraging really the audience that no matter what it is that you're going through, you can and and should go through a process to be able to really tackle, um, you know, whatever barriers or challenges you may be going through in life. And I think they've come out, I mean, these are men that whatever platform, you know, these men or men um, are on in, in our in, in my you know in the initiative the idea is to encourage anyone really but men more specifically that these men have overcome these challenges that they've gone through and right. ultimately come out stronger
0: yeah absolutely absolutely so then what has been uh, I want to talk shift gears a little because we spent a lot talking about what's happening in Africa and I, and I kind of want to get your perspective on what the experience has been for Africa's mental health matters here in America. And how has the response, or I should say what's your perspective on how Africans in America are dealing with mental health and communicating their struggles or their practices of healthy mental health practices. What has it been? Do you see a stark difference or has it been very similar as far as you're, you're concerned?
1: Um, Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities. I do. I think, uh, you know, I always, I told one of my um, team members this, you know, she's just like, we had a conversation one day and she was like, you know, honestly, I just don't think that we have the same issues Mm. regarding mental health. Mm. Um, Yeah, her her response was she didn't, she didn't think that the same Africa, the same issues that applied on the continent applied in the diaspora Mm. in regards to mental health. And, you know, my, my response to her was, I, I think that's kind of false because you have to realize a lot of people are immigrants. They've come in here with the same ideals, the same understandings. And a lot of the time they're not changing it for nothing or no one. Mm-hmm. And already in the black community, there's this large stigma around mental health as is. yes So no one's really even addressing it just amongst, amongst. the African community All right. or the black community in general, you know? So mm-hmm. It, it's it's to be quite honest, is a double-edged sword. Like no one's addressing it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so it puts us in a in a tight situation because the same ideals, the same beliefs, they still apply um, here as well mm-hmm. um, in the in the diaspora. And so for me, I what I've come to realize is that um, those ideals and those um, beliefs they have to be torn down. And really, I mean, through awareness campaigns. So much to Africa's mental health matters, and through the proper health knowledge, people are now understanding um, the importance of what it, of what mental health really entails, right? And mm-hmm. and, and now they're more open to um, not only talking about it but also getting the proper help that they need as well.
0: Absolutely, and that's that's wonderful. So you you bring up something that I want to segue into now because you mentioned growing up in the United States and um, having African parents, but you still very much so acculturated to the U.S. So one of the things that I want to know is what has your experience been growing up as far as the relationship between African immigrants and or kids of African immigrants and African Americans, black Americans um, in the United States? Do, Do you notice something? What was your experience like?
1: I'm sorry, can you repeat that again? So you want to know what the differences are? Well, just or... your experience
0: as far as the interaction between Black immigrants or African immigrants and African-Americans while you were growing up. What did you see? What was your personal experiences like? Do you notice a difference or whether it's mentally mental health involved or just in general?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, from my own experience, I feel like a lot of times um, Africans are rooted in culture. There, there are certain you know beliefs okay. or belief system that they carry with them regardless of wherever they are whether in the uk australia canada the united states wherever. um and so they hold they hold true to those beliefs and they're very um they understand no matter where they are that those beliefs still stand true right so there's a core their core values um that I believe the Africans tried to instill in their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and for example, I mean, an example would be um, you're the head, right? Like mm-hmm. you, wherever you are, you must care. You must come out first. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No matter if you're in school, work, whatever, like they're, 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 they're taught to be high achievers. Yeah. They must do well. They must excel. They must, you know, carry on. Um, the family name and and be a doctor, an engineer, do something and be successful. Mm -hmm. And I think the the differences there are that um, sometimes coming into, um, you know, different spaces where, uh, you know, African-Americans are or Nigerians are, there's this toughness that comes with them that, oh, you know, why do you have to, you know, be, be the, why do you have to be the first? Why do you have to um, excel in everything that you do? But it's just naturally, inborn or engraved in you growing up and Mm -hmm. so um i think the i think the major difference for me would be the structure in which um a lot of africans are raised you know Mm -hmm. and the bar in which they're they're taught to kind of reach you know wherever they are in whatever capacity um and i think a lot of the time it comes with its pressures right um which can sometimes even um lead to you know diminishing of your mental health because if you don't meet these expectations then what Mm -hmm. are you a failure are you not good enough are you not um are you not going to make it and so the 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 expectations although they're good to have um sometimes really affect um a young adult or a child growing up because um if they don't meet the expectations in which their parents have kind of um, put out there for them, then then what, you know? And so I think, um, a lot of times it's, it's great, but it it can sometimes be a detriment to, um, how people feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I also do believe that I, I know amongst the African American community, there's, there's sometimes identity, um, issues where, you know, sometimes they don't know where, um, you know, their ancestors came from, or they don't know where, um, certain you know they don't really have a a tie to any cultural um of you know cultural standing or or, or belief and so sometimes um there's that yearning to kind of understand exactly where it is that they come from and so i know recently with the year of return in ghana it brought a lot of people closure Mm -hmm. as to um you know where they come from and where their family may have originated from and we see a lot of, you know, a lot of people, especially African-Americans crying, you know, at the door of no return because mm. essentially it, mm-hmm. it showed that um, this is where they were kind of cut off from, mm-hmm. from Africa and the continent. And so um, I think it's it's, you know, of course i think there's always been differences but ultimately i believe we're all one we're all black we all have the same color and um you know we all originate from different countries and have different experiences and different backgrounds but i think it's so important to understand that regardless of wherever we are we are also we're also one we're also one color and um no one is less than the other no one is better than the other Uh, But I think ultimately it's an opportunity for those cultures to really understand one another and um, teach one another um, in their interactions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's well said. And and I think you bring up a very important point. I mean, we are all one. I think there are lots of gaps that need to be bridged. And I think, you know, taking it one step at a time, but addressing the fact that we are all one. Um, we all Completely. share the same skin color is very, very crucial and, and a very important step to reconciling whatever differences that we believe exist um, between, you know, whatever groups that you identify with in, in, in the black community. But um, so now when, uh, before I lose my train of thought, uh, so how, how do you, how can people get involved? If people want to collaborate, if people, do, do you reach out for sponsors? Is this all self? self uh sufficient or self are you self providing like how are you going about being able to make all these events and these these great things that you're doing happen
1: yeah i mean it, it can't it definitely requires lots of money and lots of funding and right. lots of collaboration and partnership um we how you can get involved right now is by simply emailing us at Africa's Mental health at gmail.com or emailing me directly vanessa at a bio at africashealthmatters.org. Um, we are in the process right now of, of rebranding and really taking this initiative to the next level by operating as a full nonprofit um, as of next year. And so there's gonna be so many different um, opportunities for people to get involved through our community engagement, our social enterprise, and, um, so much more. I mean, there's there's in our social marketing campaign, essentially. So there's there's a lot that we're working on right now. But um, essentially, um, we need the help. We mm. need the, the the sponsorship. We need the partnerships. Um, we're going to be, you know, taking things to the next level in our um, African countries right now in Nigeria and Ghana and Rwanda. And then, you know, obviously expand next year. To hopefully have an in-person um conference mm-hmm. in a different african country so there's there's so much um that we're working on and, and doing right now we're working towards our, own, our virtual conference you know due to covid right. it's going to still focus in rwanda but um we'll essentially bring rwanda to everyone else um watching virtually mm-hmm. um and so um you know there's so much but ultimately um we we, we thrive on collaboration and partnerships because we believe we are far more powerful together than we are apart. And so essentially, um, you know, partnering up with nonprofits that are already doing work in the mental health space um, on on a local level is, is so important to us. And so every conference we've ever had has been in collaboration with NGOs or nonprofits or um, you know, um, advocates that are doing really great work on ground, because we don't take that away from anyone. You know, mm-hmm. we want to, we know that ultimately, we all have the same goal. And that's just to bring more mental health awareness um, to the continent, but then furthermore, encourage people to um, to seek treatment and, and get the help that they need. So um, yeah, we thrive on that. And we're always open. And we we, you know, like this year, we had an event with Twitter, at um in new york where we were able to focus on black mental health um, and really bring on professionals that could really speak to how to address their mental health um, even in the midst of, of of crisis or trauma or whatever the case may be so mm. i mean we, we thrive on our collaborations and our sponsors um, that are helping us push our agenda forward
0: that's fantastic So and then, what about like working with? Researchers Or have you all Thought about Collaborating with Researchers Like As far as like Collecting data To be able to Um, get grants and stuff like that is that something that you all are considering or no
1: completely completely so we actually just um we're in the process of working with some doctoral students from georgetown uh, where they're going to be doing some research on how to um bridge the gap in um, vulnerable communities and get um rural communities access to mental health care that they need and so through our um our our country team we're going to be pushing that agenda and having the um, a meeting with different stakeholders and the community on how we can help um, address mental health care amongst rural communities but this year i'm um, sorry but next year as we go in like i said we're actually going to be starting an academic research um portion of our nonprofit, which in which you know we'll be opening it up to doctoral students um and you know people who would really just love to um go further into working with us in order to um, solicit you know grant funding to be able to do the research that they need in regards to mental health
0: absolutely and so before we wrap up there was a question that i want to ask as we get to kind of tie it all together and you touched on it in the beginning and i want to dig deeper on it because i think it's going to be very important for the listeners but when it's all said and done what do you want i mean you kind of mentioned creating a space but when it's all said and done when you look back and you look at what you've done with africa's mental health matters what do you want it to be what do you want it to be the ultimate goal for it when you leave and you're like when you walk away and you're just like, like this is what i'm doing like what would make you feel proud and fulfilled
1: yeah that's a great question i i i really i mean i had a, a conversation with a mentor of mine and he had asked me the same question earlier this year before covid took place and i honestly had no idea hmm. Um, But spending these last couple of months re-strategizing, like I said, understanding what it is that Africa's mental health can do in the community, um, not only on the African continent, but in the diaspora, ultimately what I want us to do is be a a source of a resource. I want people to be able to, um, one, in terms of people coming on board, I want people to grow. I want people to be able to develop themselves. No one that's a part of this nonprofit should ever come in this should ever leave the same Mm. as they came in Mm. and so we are interested in developing young adults to become leaders and be to be essentially empowered to be able to do the same things in their own community right and um it doesn't have to be mental health focus it can be anything whatever it is that you want to address whatever change you feel needs to be brought to your community or to the world start and be empowered and believe that um, as you're starting, that you have the skills and knowledge um, to be able to be equipped to be able to see it through, because essentially that's how you know this initiative started. It was through an idea, a, a thesis, a paper, and then ultimately now becoming reality. And so my my, my goal as a, as a as a founder is to to be able to breed that same boldness and other and other young adults wherever they are that they could they could do the same thing um ultimately we also want to be able to empower people to understand um and really bridge the gap between africa and the diaspora mm-hmm. you know i want people to be able to um get a cross-cultural understanding of what mental health what what mental health essentially looks like and um, feel the to feel, feel like Africa is home, right. And feel empowered to be able to travel to the different African countries. Hence why we tour, yeah. you know, every conference is in a different African country because we want people to understand there's more to Africa than Ghana and Nigeria. Exactly. Right? There's exactly. more to Africa than, um, just two different countries. There's, there's, there's a culture, um, and, um, you know, uh, uh a a place for everyone right Mm -hmm. Um, no matter where you are and so essentially want to be able to highlight you know uh, all of the uh, all of the African countries I would love to be able to say we toured the whole continent of Africa and achieve that you know even Mm -hmm. well after I'm done with this or I pass this on to someone else we want to empower people at the local level to be able to also take on the responsibility of bringing mental health awareness um, to the forefront of public attention and understanding that um there's power in healing, there's power in um, being self-aware, there's power in seeking help and getting the right, um, the right help that you need, regardless of whatever situation you're in. Um, Ultimately, you know, there are things that we have planned in the near future, but I I, I envision, you know, um, spaces where, or uh, not even spaces, but uh, facilities where we uncompensate mental health, physical health, and um, ultimately, just the well-being of people on the on African continent, and so, um, you know, ultimately we'd love it to be a part of the the healthcare system where people um, regularly get a mental health checkup, no matter where they are, where they're from, you know. Yeah. So there's a lot that we have planned, but ultimately, I'm just trying to um, bring more awareness and bring healing to people, allow people to be able to get um the proper healing that they need from whatever they've been go- whatever they've gone through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean I just have to say as we close that this has been awesome. Um just being able to talk with you and learn about this because I think as I've grown and continue to be more involved in health and and works related to health disparities, I and I've and even my own personal experiences going back to Nigeria whether it's in the city or even going to like the village and you start to realize just how much we need to have more conversations about our mental health and how much we need to create safe spaces that allow us to kind of shed those those guards and armor that we have put upon ourselves that we use to face the world every day as Africans that we sometimes have to let our guards down and just open up to one another because that's healthy um, when we create a safe space to do that and, and, and not f- fall into particular stigmas and, and, and gender stereotypes and all these genderizing um, co- confines that we put upon ourselves. So so being able to see what you are doing um, is inspiring. And it's something that I love to see and I love to support and want to be part of. And and, and and, you know, a lot of the work that I've kind of focused on now is something that you've touched on, which is just trying to learn more about how our transnational connections, being here, but having family back home, what that does for us, the stress. And for those who are, you know, children of African immigrants, what you kind of touched on as far as being the head and being first, and and it helps with our advancement as, as professionals and scholars, but what does that do for our psyche? What does that do for our ability to yeah. be able to manage stress? How can we communicate stress to our parents, right? I mean, there's so many things that we as As Africans, or even kids of Africans, or just Black people in general, we're we're evolving, and as we're evolving, we're continuing to learn about ourselves. We're continuing to learn about the diversity that exists in our communities that we don't talk about because of whatever we're ashamed of, or whatever we wanted to keep to ourselves, whatever the case may be, and rightfully so. But you know, you have people of different different um, identities. You have people of different preferences and and, you know and and people who identify strongly with things that may not be considered the status quo and being prevented or inhibited from being able to express your true self and be at your true self is is very damaging to one's mental health that we do not talk about right we are not the exception to the rule when it comes to these things so to be able to see what you are doing and what your initiative is doing so quickly from a two-year turnaround um, is amazing. And I want to take my hat off, my proverbial hat off to you, because you can't see oh, me, thank you. but I, I want to do that. And please know that if there's anything that I can do, you know, please know that I am at your beck and call to be able to help, because this means a lot to me and people that are affiliated with me and my organizations and this podcast, we try our best to be able to bring to light the importance of, like you said, brid- bridging the gap, you know, between the diaspora and the continent, and especially when it comes to mental health, because there are things that we do not, we we feel stressed but we don't communicate the stress to our families back home. We say, "Oh, we're we're tired. We're we're dealing with racism and things here in America." And and the family back home is like, well, what is your own like? That's, is... <laughs> well, come and come and join us here while we're struggling to get a daily bread. Like you know, so there's so many right. things. So we're we're trying to compare oppression when we should be communicating and trying to, to to try to help alleviate each other's stress. So that's something that we need to be able to work on. So I mean, I, I'm just I'm very I'm very honored to be able to have you on this show um to kind of kick off the season essentially as far as being able to have our listeners hear this because i think it's very very important um so it's there anyway i know you kind of mentioned already how people can collaborate um i know you are you all are, are you all working on a podcast that's kind of what i heard uh, recently i know y'all yes, are doing some things, so
1: yes.
0: holla <laughs> at do us about that a, yes
1: we do have a podcast we're working on right now um the team in Ghana is going to get that started, but they want to start off um, really just being able to engage people on an international level. Mm-hmm. So having guests um, provide different perspectives from the African continent as well as the diaspora. Um, so we're, we're hoping to get that launched um, sooner rather than later, probably in, the, in October more than likely. Um, and then um, we also have a newsletter that we're starting up as well where we wanna engage people on a more personal level and uh, be able to share, um, you know, content and information, um, you know, specific to mental health, but just being able to highlight people's work that they're doing as well. So, I mean, definitely, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, our collaboration, our partnership in the near future. I'm gonna speak it into existence because yeah. I believe that it can and will happen. And so, um, yeah, like for the most part, this is just a few things that we have. Um, that we're working on
0: fantastic and so so again um how can they reach you how can people reach you if you could just repeat that one more time how can people follow the organization if you want people to follow you on instagram or twitter how can people stay in touch with you and continue to follow you
1: yes you guys can anyone can follow us on amh um, underscore matters on instagram um amh underscore matters on twitter africa's mental health matters on facebook africa's health matters org. Um, so Africa's Health Matters is the nonprofit itself, but Africa's Mental Health Matters is the initiative under it. So Africa's Health Matters.org is our website. You can check us out, get any update information, um, email us as well. Uh, we also have a LinkedIn page, Africa's Mental Health Matters. So I mean, we're available anywhere. If you just type in Africa's Mental Health Matters on Google, you're bound to be able to find um, yeah. a way to connect to us and, and um, you know get in contact
0: fantastic again Vanessa Adibayo everyone thank you so much for joining and um, I wish you good health yeah, thank you and I look forward to hopefully being able to you know help and support in whatever way I can uh, this has been a pleasure
1: no thank you thank you so much we really appreciate it this interview was amazing I'm so glad that we got to have a conversation
0: likewise likewise have a good one That's going to do it for this episode of My Black is Transnational. I'd like to give special thanks to Ms. Vanessa Adebayo for taking the time to talk with us today. And I'd like to give a special thanks to all the members of africa's mental health matters for doing what you all do please support africa's mental health matters what they're doing is very important they're an up-and-coming organization and i wish them the best of luck i look forward to working with them in the future again if you like what you heard you can follow us on any of your favorite podcast listening apps please subscribe to the podcast there you can check us out on instagram at black transnational podcast or you can follow me at black transnational underscore and check out our website at www.blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast. All right. So I'll be signing off for now. Please be safe. Please end SARS. Please understand that Black Lives Matter. And please go vote. If you are in the United States and you're listening to this podcast, this is before November 3rd. Please go vote. Use your, your franchise, your ability to be able to um, have influence in the world in the United States. Use your voting power to make a difference. It matters. Trust me. And I'll leave it at that. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts. My black is transnational. And I hope by the end of this, yours will be too. Peace.